you have a Bible um, with you, we're just going to look at three verses from the book of Acts. We're actually, while well, we're journeying through Lent, uh, we're not really uh, looking at the book of Acts, but I couldn't help myself because um, actually we're looking at the theme over Lent of listening to God. We're just going to take a time. It's partly why we're in a sort of semi-round. But we're Acts 13, verses 1 to 3, when I get to it in a minute. When we read through the book of Acts, and someone I was uh, reading through Acts with a couple of weeks ago said when he reads through the book of Acts, he feels quite jealous because it seems so simple. It seems so simple in a way that God speaks, God does some things, and then they kind of get on with it, and God does amazing things in a way that my life and our lives can be so complicated in trying to discern who God is and what he's called us to. But the Bible and the book of Acts is littered with people who've heard God's voice and then chosen to obey it. There are incredible testimonies for those of you who've been Christians a long time. Maybe your own life testifies to this. There'll be people or stories where God has done extraordinary things simply by someone hearing God's voice and then choosing to obey you know, I love to think, and we did Alpha last term, I always think of Jackie Pullinger getting on a boat and asking God to show her where to stop. Ended up in Hong Kong. And God did extraordinary things as she chose to listen to God above all the noise, and God chose her to do something amazing. As well, if anybody who knows um, he's now in Bath, but Simon Gillibo's story in many ways is a simple, starts with very simple acts of obedience. And of course, not all of us are called to those dramatic stories where extraordinary things happen in an amazing way, but each one of us is called to hear the voice of God and to know it and to respond. Because throughout the Bible, we find a God who speaks to us, God who loves to reveal himself, not just directly, as Joe said, but through creation, through um, his people, but also beautifully and magnificently in the person of Jesus Christ. Do you know the challenge this morning? Are you, do you know that Jesus' words that are contained in Scripture are life for you? The life for you. God is a God who speaks. And Lord, we want to hear your voice today. And we'll come to that a little bit. So Acts 13, I'm actually going to go 13, 1 to, uh, 1 to 3, actually. Uh, okay, and I'll read those. So if you've got it open in front of you, I'm just going to use this as a way. I could have gone to so many other passages in the Bible, but I'm just going to choose to have a quick look at these few verses in Acts 13. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The Holy Spirit spoke in this passage. So how do we hear the voice of God in the same way that people through the generation and the church here in Antioch at this particular point in the book of Acts? 
as Joe said, and we also know, most of us who've been Christians a while will know that it is the Word of God, the Bible that we primarily go to. It's why the heart of, the, of Scripture will always be at the heart of Christian worship. It's a story that reveals God's extraordinary love for us. It's His story in which we pay attention to His Word and His words. The Bible is God's Word, but it also, I want to encourage you to think, it is God's words. And the problem with most of us is that actually we may read the odd verse here in the morning, we might read the odd psalm occasionally, but actually we need to be encouraged if we want to hear God speak. We need to learn to drill down a bit deeper than the surface and to get into the depth of God's Word. Now, I get the privilege, as part of and a number of us do, who get to speak to kind of go and really get into a passage, to, to read about it, to understand it, and we realize the, the richness, the great privilege of getting deeper into God's Word. And as I do, just pray really simply every time we gather in the morning or as a staff or when I come before God reading my for myself, Lord, would you just speak to me? Through this text, it might just be a word, it might be a phrase, it might be the whole thing, but just speak to me, Lord, through your words. If you're interested in the Bible coming to life, if you're interested, just find a way, day by day, of finding one of the apps or one of the kind of study courses just to get into God's word. Because if you want to know God's voice, we, this helps us in so many ways, but it helps us recognize what God's voice is like. So we're able to distinguish it between all the other voices that either come from outside us or within us. So come, spend some time in God's Word. Notice also how in this short passage the Holy Spirit speaks in the context of deep relationships. In the church, and in verse 1, in the church in Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod and the Tetrarch, the Tetrarch and Saul. What we have here is God's people gathering and sharing together, studying, praying, encouraging each other, maybe speaking truth to one another to enable us to grow it's in the context of deep Christian relationship and community that we start to hear much more clearly God's voice, hear him speak in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible constantly gives us a picture of God speaking to a community. Yes, God does speak to individuals, and we need to be, commit ourselves to that, but it's deeply to a people, to a community, and all of us can spend time on our own, but we also need to commit to spending time together if we want to hear God's voice together. And in Christian community, we learn to be a blessing through our own words to others and our own actions, giving and receiving love. And in that way, we, we tend to hear God's voice much more clearly. If we don't do that if we starve ourselves from God's word or from God's community, 
what tends to happen is we tend just to hear our own human spirit, our own longings, our own desires. We find it difficult to distinguish or even hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Christian community, if we want to hear God's voice, just as a side issue, notice too the diversity we've got going on in Acts. This is a multicultural community. Barnabas is a Jew from the Jerusalem church, but he was originally from Cyprus. Simeon is a Jewish name, but it's highly likely that he was African. And Lucius was from Cyrene, but which is also part of North Africa. Maninam is a Jewish name, but was probably brought up among the enemies of Jesus in the court of Herod. And bear in mind, so these are the people, and he was part of the people who put Jesus on a cross. Then, of course, the Saul, the Pharisee of Pharisees, the ultra-zealous Jewish rabbi. The church, this community that we find, wasn't monochrome. It wasn't for just people like me. It was diverse, as God drew a diverse group of people uh, to, to himself in the church. Then we're also thinking about obedience. Most often the Holy Spirit, I don't know how, what your experience is like, begins to guide us step by step. And obviously we need to grow to learn to hear that, to hear God's voice. As we maybe get a sense of what God may be saying to us spiritually, we start to take a step forward. And actually in taking a step short forward and showing that we're willing to be obedient, then God maybe starts to call us again in a particular way. I don't know about you, but if you're anything like me, we like the idea where God would just show me what to do for all of my life, and I can just do away with this having to kind of worry about God's voice. Because actually we often are so consumed by our own plans and our own desires that we simply are asking God to anoint our plans rather than actually coming to his feet and saying, Jesus, what do you want to say to us today? What's on your heart for us, on your heart for me? You know, for those of us who do like like our own plans, when we do have our own plans, our tendency is then to try and live independently, is to cut ourselves off from people who don't share our plans and try and do it in our own strength. And ultimately, we end up going down more and more cul-de-sacs. But part of walking by the Spirit is simply recognizing, okay, Lord, what do you want to say to me today? What's on your heart for me today? Help me then to take a step, to do what you've called me to, to practice, to take the next step, and to grow in obedience. The reason this is so important, I know we spent all year, last year, talking about walking by the Spirit, is this. It's that when we get to some of the big decisions in life, our obedience in the small things gives us the confidence to begin to make some of the difficult decisions in life. Because in the small things where God gives us little things he may call us to, actually grows that faithfulness, that attentiveness to his voice and to what he wants us to do and to see whether we want to follow, we're prepared to follow what God has called us to. Small things matter, however small they may seem to you. 
if God is prompting you to do something. I'll just quietly say as part of being accountable to you this morning, there was something God said to me last summer that I've still not done. In, within the next month, I need to have done it. It's, not, it's slightly complicated, so I can't explain to you what it is, but in terms of being accountable, it's a very quirky thing, it's a very odd thing. And actually, the things that God puts on our hearts isn't just about learning the Bible more, but it's actually about God saying, do you know, I'd like you to do this. And to try and encourage each other to do that, to put that into practice. We obviously learn to listen to God's voice as we slow down. Joe said that as she started. Verse 2, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The church took time to seek the Lord. They spent focused time on God to prayer. And to prayer they added fasting. They made room in their lives and in their worship to, get, to allow God to speak. And actually only after that process of a giving God space and the opportunity to speak, did they hear his voice? Do you know, I know um, I'm saying this as much for my own life as I'm saying it to you, but our busyness in 21st century England, Bath, is probably not helping us. Our over-busyness, our over-filled diaries, filled with too many, too much stuff, can often be such an impediment to actually making time for God because our minds and our hearts and our spirit are filled with so much stuff that we find it really difficult to be still before the Lord and to wait patiently for Him. Do you know our first calling as followers of Christ is to be in fellowship with Christ. It's simply to be with Him. Sorry. You know, we can all do stuff for God. We can work really hard. I work hard. The staff team work hard. I know many of you work incredibly hard. But actually, we all need to come to that place of being renewed in fellowship with Christ. Otherwise, we'll simply burn out. We'll run out of steam. We'll be relying on our own strength. And we'll wonder why we're in the same place again. There are many, many ways in which we can try to succeed in life. We can try to see, you know, I will see Joe and I try incredibly hard to be the best parents we could be. Most of us try really hard to kind of build really healthy relationships around us. You know, longing as I was thinking about where we knew wine this week, longing to see this church be all that God's called us to be. And obviously, humanly, we can do everything we want, but actually, often, we can do it without really asking for God's help. Placing the Lord at the center. Asking for what he's got to say to us and to me in all that we do. So my encouragement, one of the things you could do this Lent is simply slow down. Take some things out of your life that actually you don't need to do. And put into your life some active things where you take time 
with God, with God's people, to listen, to study, to worship, to pray, to just be still with the Lord. And allow the Lord to begin to speak to you. And the reason, amongst many reasons, that's a really good suggestion to you, this one isn't just because I say it, is because he sees things you don't see. We believe in a God who sees the wholeness of our lives. He sees the beginning from the end. He sees the inner workings of our hearts and our minds that the advice I might give you may not be helpful, but the word that God gives you, that will bring life to you. Because he knows what you need in a way that I, in all my kind of effort to do the right thing, may not. And we can only do that by listening to God and to hearing his word. Maybe this morning one of the things you could simply do is echo Samuel's prayer in which you recognize you do want to hear God. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So for the benefit of all all my life, and I'm just as much preaching to myself as I'm preaching to you this morning, maybe just need to slow down a little bit, recognize God longs to speak to us and start listening. Make some time in your diaries, clear some things that aren't really that important when push comes to shove, and make a bit more room for God. Notice too, and I say this, is that they, as well as worshipping and praying, they also fasted. Traditionally, Lent is a great opportunity to extract some, some things out of our lives, to reorder our lives in a way that the habits of our lives need reordering in a godly way. To abstain from things that have become too important. And finally, if you've got your Bible uh, in front of you, we read in verses 2 and 3. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called, uh, called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed on their hands on them and sent them off. Now, I obviously don't know exactly what happened here. I don't know exactly how the Holy Spirit spoke uh, to them. As it says in verse, verse 2, it says, The Holy Spirit said, it may have been audible. There'll be a number amongst us who've, who have heard the audible voice of God. It may have been a prophetic word. It might have been a quiet impression of a prompting from the Holy Spirit. But someone in that congregation received a revelation from God. They got up and spoke concerning what they believed what God was saying. And what we read next in the passage there, as well as God speaking, is the church was willing to obey God once they heard the voice of God. They both heard, but then they put it into practice. The church at Antioch does not say, Do you know, thanks God, but I've got my own five-year plan. I've got my own idea of what I think I should be doing. Thanks very much, but to be honest, please bless me with what I'm doing. They submitted themselves fully to the Lord to his plans, to his voice, in which that God began to do amazing things through. The thing is this, if we choose to be open and responsive to God's voice, it starts by simply being attentive to the small things that God might be asking you to do. 
In a sense, it's not rocket science. It may be big stuff, God says to you, but often it starts with a little prompt. Maybe you could do this. Maybe you could do that. Maybe you could help with this. Maybe you could phone somebody to encourage them. Maybe you just sit aside a bit more time for me. Maybe you could go and and encourage someone who's in leadership in the church, who quietly serves and you've noticed and you think, do you know, I'd like to encourage them and join in. Maybe that actually it's about caring for neighbor. Maybe that you recognize, you think actually, ooh, I haven't really given God my money. I haven't really thought about tithing. Ooh, maybe God's challenging me about what I give. I don't know, God may be speaking to you about all sorts of aspects of our lives, of my life and of your life. And actually when we hear God's voice, of the things he's beginning to nudge us in and to stir within us, the challenge is, will we obey? And as we choose to obey, God's voice will begin to grow. And then it starts to kind of challenge us with some of the bigger things in our lives, our attitudes, our needing to forgive people in our past who we really would prefer not to forgive. Tough stuff, big stuff. But my kind of challenge this morning, in a sense, would be this. If you're closed to his voice, if we're closed to God's voice, do you know, I don't want you to speak to me about my spouse or my children or my grandchildren or, you know, my money or what I think about this or that, about my job. Do you know, God's voice will gradually get lost in the noise. As you cut off avenues of your life to God, actually God's voice will get lost. His prophetic voice will get lost in the noise. The Bible has a picture for that. It talks about the fact that we become like sheep without a shepherd. An amazing thing about what we read in Acts, and this point I've just picked a little bit of Acts this morning, is that actually the, the... both in people we know currently who've done that, but also in this particular account in Acts, what we recognize is as people begin to be obedient and to discern and to choose to follow God's voice, the church, as the church says yes to God, the mission to the Gentile world was launched, and this was the beginning of the fall of the Roman Empire. From this tiny beginning, tiny beginning, God, of of simply a people beginning to listen to God and putting into practice what God said. God began to slowly transform the world, the ancient world as it was known. And this morning, I just want to encourage you. It may seem really small to you, simply trying to hear God's voice. You may think the world has bigger problems than simply Tim being attentive to what God might say to me. But will you treasure God's voice today? It may be a while since you've heard him clearly. But God is infinitely wise. God is infinitely resourceful. God is infinitely knowledgeable. But will you open up your hearts and your minds and your spirits to say yes to God today? Let's pray. going to actually take some time to be still. We've had a bit of stillness earlier, but it continued to be still. And then I'm actually going to 
Just take you through a little bit of a listening prayer exercise, do something slightly different, but I'm just going to be still for a minute. Father, I want to ask that you would forgive me and forgive us where we've neglected your voice. Father, thank you that you're a God who reveals himself. Pray, Father, that you would grow us as being people who cherish your word and cherish your words. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, in the power of the cross and your resurrection, that you would set us free from the noisiness that paralyzes us in our lives. We're spending so much energy trying to listen to everybody else's voice that we've almost lost the frequency of hearing your voice. Father, thank you this morning that you know each one of us by name. Do you care for each one of us? That the banner over our lives is one of love. Father, we ask, Lord, that you would unblock our ears to hear you more clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Just going to take a few minutes, actually, just to be still. I'd love you to close your eyes if you haven't. Maybe you want to put your hands in front of you on your lap if you find that helpful. And this is a listening prayer exercise that's done, but I just want to take about five minutes just to be still. Use your imagination and get into conversation with Jesus this morning. I'll lead us through. to start by beginning to ask Jesus to meet you in a safe place. A place you feel comfortable. Where your defenses are down. Where you want to speak to Jesus with openness. Ask God this morning to remove any blocks that would stop us experiencing his love or hearing his voice. Take a moment to ask Jesus. You may be sat with Jesus. You may be walking with Jesus. You may be talking to Jesus face to face. But ask, have the courage to ask Jesus how he sees you this morning. What he thinks about you. How he feels about you.
as we draw near to Jesus, notice his tone of voice. Are you open to receive his embrace? And simply ask God for the thing, for strength, for help, for courage, for words of life. Then simply ask, what do you want to say to me today? Go with the impression of a thought that comes into your mind. If it's an encouraging one, receive it. If it's something difficult, something you're struggling with, a bad fruit, so to speak. Say to him how rubbish that is or bad that is, how it's damaging your life, and ask for God's help. Jesus then invites us to the cross, the place of freedom. Take your offenses or the offenses of others or the offenders themselves and take it to the foot of the cross. Repent for any of your own wrongdoings and ask for forgiveness. And ask Jesus to free you from the consequences of those sins too. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you this morning for your healing power. That your power is made perfect in weakness. Thank you that you know each one of us by name. Each hair on our head is numbered. Do you clear the clouds, the dark clouds that rest over us? through the blood of Jesus, cleanse us, renew us, 
and fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Fill us afresh with your life and with your love. That we would know above all else that we are your precious child. In Jesus' name, amen.